Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 50. This 50th episode is kind of a milestone for me, and I just want to take a minute and sincerely thank each and every one of you for listening to this podcast, for being here, for spending this time with me. Even if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, thank you so, so much for being here. It has been so much fun and so encouraging to see my downloads grow each week because that means I'm reaching and helping more and more people on their journeys to better health and more body peace. And I want to give an extra big, huge thank you to those of you who have left a review for the podcast, to those of you who have shared the podcast with others. My sister sent me a text with an image of an Instagram post that one of her friends had posted on her feed sharing my podcast and encouraging others to listen to it. And things like that just truly mean the world to me. I know that you're all busy. I know it takes time and effort to review and to share my podcast. And I just want you to know that your service does not go unnoticed. I am so, so appreciative. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, on to today's episode. We are going to get a little deep today. But when I learned about this concept of proving contraries a little while ago, I just knew I had to do a podcast episode on it because it kind of encompasses everything I try to do here on the Finding True Health podcast. And because it's such an important topic, I wanted to save it for this 50th episode. So I'm super excited to dive in. Let's go. Are you ready to be done with diets? done trying to mold your body to fit unrealistic beauty standards? Do you want to create a healthy lifestyle simply to feel better and have more energy each day? Do you want to finally find food freedom? Hey, I'm Jenna, a registered dietitian nutritionist. Not long ago, I was an overwhelmed mom and struggled to make myself a priority. I hated my body and wondered how I could stop beating myself up every time I looked in the mirror. I also felt frustrated about my health and wished I could get myself to exercise consistently, eat more vegetables, eat less sugar, you know, actually do the things I knew could improve my mood and energy levels. But I kept telling myself I didn't have enough time or motivation or willpower or, well, you get the idea. But with some help from God, I was able to turn my health and life around. And I want to help you do the same. In this podcast, you'll find trustworthy nutrition information, critical mindset shifts, and actionable advice so you can feel better, fill your life with sustainable, healthy behaviors, and be confident in your own skin, no matter your size. So if you're ready to make peace with chocolate, but love your salad too, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome. I hope that you're having a wonderful holiday season so far. I want to just jump right into this topic of proving contraries. First, I want to share where this whole idea came from. So a little while ago, my sister Kim sent out a text to my sisters and my mom and said, hey, I watched this YouTube video that was really cool. You guys should check it out. And it was a video from a gentleman named Jared Halverson. And the video is called Finding Faith in an Age of Doubt. And so the video was more religious-related, faith-related. He is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like I am. And he was kind of just talking about this concept in the context of religion and faith. And it was a great video. And as I was listening, I just kept thinking of how much what he was talking about related to health as well. 
and how the whole concept of contraries is what makes it a little bit tricky and difficult sometimes for people to find true health for themselves. So what am I talking about? What is this whole concept of proving contraries? Sometimes we use the word paradox to describe this concept, but basically it's when you have two things that seem like they're opposites, they seem like they even contradict each other, but they're both true and they're both needed for a balanced life. Now, we're not talking about opposites like where one is good and one is bad, like good and evil, or love versus hate, things like that. When we talk about these contraries, both sides are equally as good and positive. Both sides are needed, but like I said, they the bo- both sides also contradict each other. So it's kind of a, a tricky concept to get your head around, and I think it's easier to understand it in the context of religion. So if you're not religious, that's fine. But for those of you who are, it might make a little more sense. In in religion, most religions, they talk about mercy and justice. So you have mercy on the one end, and really it's polar opposite is justice. But you need both. You need them both to, to stay in balance. Because if you go too far to the side of mercy all the time, you can see where problems will arise. If you go too far to the side of justice, there will be problems as well. So you need both of these opposing principles to really find that sweet spot. Other examples in religion are trusting our heart versus using our brains and our ability to reason. Um, Faith versus works, how much to rely just on faith versus doing good deeds and kind of proving our faith through our works. So those are some examples in religion. Now let's talk about health. Some contraries that I came up with were the ideas of having inner wisdom. So the wisdom that our body is giving us on what to eat, when to eat, versus our outer wisdom, using our brain, our knowledge about food, about nutrition, about human behavior to guide some of our decisions. There's also on one side, unconditional permission to eat whatever we want, to allow all foods into our diet versus sometimes using willpower and restraint and some self-discipline. There's this idea of food freedom versus having a food plan or certain guidelines that you follow. Another one I thought of was being content and at peace with your body, with your habits, with your mindset, with your health versus the desire to change, to improve, to progress. You can see that at a glance, those all seem like opposites, but those are all good things. And so just because one thing is true, it doesn't mean that the other one isn't true and and they can both have a place and should have a place in our lives if we're going to find true and balanced health. Now, our brains prefer black and white. It's easier. It's more simple to understand. Proving contraries is a much more complex way of thinking, but extremes are often harmful to our mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. All or nothing thinking leads to so many problems. Viewing people as either all good or all bad, viewing certain foods as all good or all bad, caring about health too much, becoming obsessive, oftentimes leading to something called orthorexia, or the other extreme of not caring about our health at all. 
doing extreme workouts, extreme exercising versus no exercising, no working out. The idea that thinner is always better. It's always more healthy, more beautiful. You can be more happy. And the idea that bigger is always bad. It's less healthy. You're going to be less successful, et cetera, et cetera. The idea that weight loss is always good and weight gain is always bad. These are extremes. These are black and white thoughts. And they can all lead to really harmful behaviors and harmful ways of thinking. This is why I get pretty irked anytime I hear a statement that feeds into any of these stereotypes. It isn't because I have anything against weight loss or against thin people, but I hear so many comments insinuating that weight loss is a, quote, improvement to somebody's body or health or attractiveness regardless of how that weight was lost, or if it really is helping someone to be better, healthier. And of course, attractiveness is so subjective. So to say somebody is more or less attractive based on the size of their body, to me is just, again, feeding into this untrue stereotype. So it's just, it's this all or nothing black and white thinking that really gets us into trouble. Now, here's another really important concept Any virtue, when taken to an extreme, becomes a vice. Even though a virtue is a good thing, when taken too far, it becomes negative. So to help it from doing that, you need the complementary virtue or contrary that keeps both virtues in check. So for example, I'm a pretty sensitive person. And this can be a strength because I can empathize with people more easily. I'm usually really careful about trying not to hurt other people's feelings about what I say and do and taking other people into consideration. But when taken to the extreme, that strength of mine be- definitely becomes my weakness. Sometimes I don't do things that I know that I should or want to because I'm worried that I'll be criticized and get my feelings hurt. Uh, Sometimes it takes me far too long to write a text or an email because I'm stressed about wording things just right and trying not to offend anybody. So to balance my sensitivity, sometimes I need to practice toughening up, getting a thicker skin, learning sometimes that it's okay and even necessary not to worry so much about other people's feelings and how they're going to perceive me. The beauty of having contraries, so two opposites that are both good, is that you can move laterally in either direction depending on where you happen to be at any given moment in your life. You can move further towards the opposite good thing if you find that you're swinging too far on in one direction. So the trick becomes trying to find and stay balanced towards the middle, what we call the Goldilocks zone. Now, we rarely live right in the middle, perfectly balanced all all the time. Finding balance is about noticing which side we're leaning towards and then making constant course corrections to, again, kind of stay in that Goldilocks zone. So let's take some examples. Let's say you have been super strict with sugar. Maybe you've had lots of rules around eating sugar and this tends to make you feel out of control around certain foods when your willpower is all gone and you're struggling to feel more in control around those foods. You're gonna need to course correct by loosening your grip 
allowing all foods, maybe even overeating those foods at times as you give yourself permission. It's natural to swing a little too far in the other direction as you course correct. And then you can kind of swing back, move back towards the middle and work to find that happy balance. On the other hand, if you've swung in the direction where you're not really paying attention to what you eat throughout the day, you just eat whatever pops into your mind or whatever's sitting on the counter and you feel that your health is suffering from your food choices, you might need to start using a little more restraint or finding some ways to course correct and add more helpful foods into your diet and start caring more, being more concerned about what you are eating. So I'll share an example from my life. When I was a teenager, I was quite concerned with nutrition and health, and I overexercised a lot. I counted calories, and I was definitely on the side of being overly concerned about health. Well, after I had kids and things in my life started changing, I put my health on the back burner and swung a little too far on the other side. So now I've found that good middle ground of caring about my health, but not being obsessive about it. But I still have to make constant course corrections to keep me from swinging too far from one side or the other. Another contrary is that tracking food for a little while could be helpful for someone who just hasn't thought much about their diet and isn't very aware of what they're eating throughout the day. But for someone who maybe has a history of an eating disorder or who is a perfectionist or somebody who has anxiety or might become obsessive about their their tracking, then that would be a harmful behavior. So you can see that what's true for one person might not be true for another person. Certain truths might also change for the same person. Maybe at one point in their life, a certain behavior is helpful, but later on, that behavior becomes unhelpful. I often see kind of these different camps in health arguing back and forth. We've got the intuitive eating and health at every size camp versus the more weight-centric, traditional health care, maybe people that advertise intentional weight loss. And I often see arguments and people getting pretty passionate and heated because both parties think that the opposite party is harming people. Now, of course, the messages in the intuitive eating and health at every size camps align a little more with my personal beliefs. But the thing is, both camps have some truth and both camps have something to offer. And different people need and respond to different things in different ways. Now, I'm not saying that there also isn't some faults and even really harmful information being spread out there as well. There definitely is. But I also think that we can find the truths and the good in all the different ways of thinking and all the different camps. You have to remember that many dietitians working in the intuitive eating space work with eating disorders. So often they use intuitive eating as a way to help women get out of that extreme of being really restrictive and obsessive. So a lot of their messaging leans towards the other extreme of food freedom, of enjoying fun foods, letting go of restriction. I personally love helping people create sustainable, healthy habits in their life, habits that bring them lots of energy and help them feel great and help them love and respect their body, both with their thoughts and with their actions. And because everyone's lives and preferences are so different, then their healthy lifestyles and behaviors and habits are all are going to look different as well. 
Now, I don't specifically work with eating disorders, but I'm very aware of the types of behaviors and messages that can lead to eating disorders. So I'm super sensitive to that when working with any client. And I know the warning signs and I structure my lessons and my programs in a way to definitely minimize the risk of developing an eating disorder as much as possible. And I try to help people find that balance to avoid either extreme and to find that happy middle ground and then to know how to tell if they're starting to swing too far one way or the other and how to then course correct. Now, one final point I want to make is that just because I do believe that there are many contraries or polar opposites that are both positive and that can be proven in health and in life, I also believe that there is such a thing as good as, as good and evil as well. And there are a few universal truths that are true for everyone. I also believe that there are universal evils and things that are just wrong for everyone. Some of these include judging people and making assumptions about them based on the size of their body. Also messages that insinuate or flat out say that certain bodies or body types are inherently better or worse than others. I think it's wrong to encourage behaviors done in the name of weight loss or even health that end up harming people's bodies, leading to worse health in the long run. I also strongly disagree with anyone who insinuates that somebody's worth or value as a human is in any way tied to their weight or their body size, or for that matter, their income level or their skin color or their education level. I just think that everybody's worth is inherent and set and that we are all of equal value. But outside of these few black and white truths and black, black and white lies, everything else lies in the gray. And many, many truths have an opposite or a contrary that is equally as true. So just as I wrap up here, I know it can be tricky finding that balance. It can also be confusing and downright frustrating hearing so many seemingly contradictory messages and wondering which ones you should listen to and try in your life and which ones you should ignore, knowing where on those spectrums you lie and so where you should start moving towards. I remember feeling that, like that as a teenager and as, as I became more interested in health. One person would say, such and such food is good for you. And then another one would say it's this food is terrible and should be avoided. I didn't know what to believe. And that is one reason that I decided to study nutrition as a career to find out what was really true. And so I love helping other people wade through all this information and find out what's true for them. In my course, Health Through Habits, I teach a system for finding what we call the golden behaviors that work best for you and for your life. And if you work one-on-one with me, I can help you find where you might be out of balance, which side of the continuum you're leaning towards, and how to get you back closer to, to the middle. So if you're interested in my programs or in working with me, then please check out healththroughhabits.com, and I would love to help you in this area. All right, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And a big thanks to my sister, Kim, for recommending that YouTube video and for helping me kind of put words to what I'm trying to do here in my in this podcast and my life personally and with helping you find true health for yourself. I hope you have a fantastic week and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. 
Hey, real quick before you go, if you found this episode helpful, could you do me a huge favor and take just a minute or two to leave me a rating and review? It really helps the show get found by more people. And it just lights me up to know that the show is helping someone out there and that I should continue putting out more episodes. Thank you so much.